Hi there, everybody. This is Johnny. Um, unfortunately, we had a couple of microphone issues this week, so I sound like I am broadcasting out of a gas station bathroom, but they've been fixed, as you can tell from my melodious voice. So next week, everything should be crystal clear. Uh, on the bright side, our guest host, Andy, sounds beautiful as always. So please enjoy his hot takes uh, in crystal clear precision and in my tepid takes uh, as I said, from a gas station bathroom. So everything will be back to normal next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome into the 11 Dubcast. I am John Ginter. I am joined by the lovely, the beautiful Andy Vance. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. How are you doing today? I, I am much better now. You're extolling my finer virtues. This is you're great. Just, you're, I'm, I'm going to come by more often if you're going to start talking being. about my good looks. <laughs> yeah, you're a beautiful, wonderful human being. And, the, and look, Bo, Bo Bishop is also a beautiful, wonderful human being, but he's at... Uh, progressive field tonight uh he, he's doing some media stuff in in cleveland for the home run derby so i'm kind of jealous about that i am a we talk about this occasionally on the dubcast i'm a diehard reds fan and, and diehard really are the operative words <laughs> not necessarily fan um <laughs> uh and i i would have man to even go to the uh home run derby when uh when they hosted it a few years ago, I think it was in 2015 would have been really awesome. That's when Todd Frazier went off and everybody went crazy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But uh, an all-star game is a really awesome experience. I'm glad Bo gets to check that out. Uh, they they kind of told him, like, I guess this morning he was texting me earlier. Yeah, they told me just this morning I could go down and do this. So he's taking care of that. He'll be back next week. We're going to hold down the fort this week. And it's, it's, wow, what a great coincidence that we're recording a podcast and we get to talk about other people recording a podcast. And, and it's not the one that you are probably thinking of, which is not what we're going to be discussing today. But it's Urban Meyer and Tim Kite getting together and doing a little ERO action. And they're, they're collaborating on, on a podcast. So what I want to do, first of all, is I think that's really interesting for, for one specific reason. And then I'll talk on that. And then I want to see, Andy, if you have any uh, helpful hints for Urban Meyer, because I know he listens to this podcast and writes me every week and tells me how much he loves it. Uh, he doesn't do that. Um, but I, I just have one comment on this, which is that for a guy who seemingly hated the clause in his contract that said that he had to have, he had a media radio obligation every week, for a guy who rebelled against that clause in his contract every single week, I am kind of astounded that he is joining up to do a very web 2.0 kind of thing, like a podcast. That to me is just very surprising to me. So I, I know him and Tim Kite are, are, are tight. I know they're like their best bros. And I'm sure their podcast about motivation and excellence and I don't know what else they're going to be talking about will be cool and good and interesting. But I'm just, I don't know. I, this is not the route, Andy, I would have expected Urban Meyer to go in this post-Ohio State coaching world for him. Yeah, I, I'm, maybe I'm a cynical bastard, I don't know, but I, I tend to look at this and be like, you know, Urban's doing his friend a solid because I'm with sure. you. I, I totally assumed Urban would be back in media in some fashion. Podcasting wasn't it. Like I was expecting, <laughs> okay, he's going to show up on a game day type set. He's going to be doing his Fox thing that you know, we've talked about in the past. Okay, that makes sense. He's something to do with the X's and O's and you know that that all sorts of thing. This is not at all what I expected either. But uh, you know, it it makes sense given his connection with with Tim and 
uh, all the the leadership work they've done together. I, I also think it's amusing because what's the first thing that you see on twitter.com uh, your favorite website and mine other than 11 warriors <laughs> uh, is the people who could not wait to hit hit send on that clever tweet about how urban needs to learn about uh, leadership and uh, culture right. and so on and so on between now and the time they launch the podcast yuck 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 aren't we funny so right. it's just like wow you you teed that up so nicely for all of the the uh, uh, pundits and uh, other would-be tweeters who who have it in for you anyway. Ever since last uh, last season's um, dramatics and his exit from the building. Yeah, I don't know that Tim, you know, Kite and Urban Meyer are really aware of the any any real feedback that they'll get on Twitter. I don't, I don't think that's going to enter their purview. And I also don't want to discount the fact. I mean, this is stuff that Urban Meyer 100% buys into. I'm not trying to say that it's some. Oh, absolutely. Thing. Totally. Agree. This is he is a he is 100% into this. This is a big 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 part of his coaching and his you know persona for a really long time. Uh, so it makes sense. I just think podcasting, and I'm not very good at this. I'll, I'll be I'll be the first person to say this. But the way podcasting works. You know, if you're doing it for a living or you're doing it, um, I guess, as a big part of your your brand is that there there's a ton of interaction that goes into it. There's a ton of, you know, feedback and, and reflection and you you kind of bounce ideas off your listeners and your listeners, you know, you know, send it back to you. We do that through Ask Us Anything, which is you know my favorite part of the show. Um but it just it seems to me like that's not something that Urban Meyer is really all about. So I'm curious to see how much they're really like how much about urban meyer are we really going to get to know through this podcast because that's really kind of i think what podcasts do is that they they illuminate the personality and the humanity of the people who are doing it because you're, you're talking to an audience and it's not structured it's just i mean it's structured but it's you know it, it's not a television set where you have a script and things like that you're kind of just you know working off your emotions and your ideas and your thoughts um, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really curious to see how it's going to play out. I want to see a, a really authentic Urban Meyer. And I, you know, with any coach, really, you don't get to see that very often. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he does that. My piece of advice for him would be to try to be as different from what we normally see as possible. I want to, I want a little peek behind the curtain in terms of his personality. And maybe that is his personality. Maybe he's the same stoic guy that we always see on television and occasionally on the radio. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's just a fascinating, you know, 180 for that guy. I just, I did not expect a podcast. Yeah. I think he's got to, I think he's got to let his hair down and be real. I, I mean, I think I just on the face of things, I'd find um, Shelly Meyer hosting a podcast to be far more entertaining just on the face. Like <laughs> if I was podcast producer to the stars and I was like, you know, I need, I need a color guy for a podcast. I've got a, I've got a play by play man lined up. You know, I, you wouldn't have necessarily, um, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, urban's going to be super entertaining. Now he goes in, he lets his hair down and you know, it's, it's super, you know, conversational and, and what people really wants the peek behind the curtain, right? Like that's right. Like, you, you want stories. What do you love? Um, about somebody, this is kind of like listening to public speakers, you know, and we'll go Lou Holtz is one of my favorites of all time. Speaking of, of football coaches. And what do people love about Lou Holtz? It's the stories. He tells just these great stories and he's funny and he's relatable and he's down to earth. And uh, if, if you get that out of urban, Hey, then this thing's got some legs. I'm 
really curious, and this kind of goes back to when we were talking a few weeks ago about his uh, his his culinary ventures now and and getting in the restaurant business. I'm I'm curious to see what percentage of Urban Meyer's time, attention, and and uh, uh, marketability this this podcast gets. Not that it takes <laughs> you know uh, forty hours a week to run a successful podcast. Uh, you know it 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 doesn't, but. I'm I'm just really curious to see a how much of urban does this project get and and how long is the shelf life? How long before he's bored and on to other projects? I mean, this could be man, this could be his 24/7 job at this point, right? I mean, he shows up like he could be totally relaxed. He could show up with hair down to his shoulders, wearing a puka shell necklace, wearing you know, coming with Crocs and a tank top and just and rock it out. Next and Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's got some time and I just think that the guy, you know, has some opportunity here to, to reinvent himself. If he you know shows what? up, I want to tell you something. If, if he does his year at Fox and then he shows up at USC and the guy looks like Pete Carroll, I'm going to laugh my ass off and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I genuinely hope that's what happens. Like that will be mm. really, really funny to me. And I hope he continues to do the podcast and he just talks about weird crap. Like does some Bill Walton stuff and he's just like ranting about, you know, like, you know, the Visigoths or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Urban Meyer's Bill Walton is, is, is something I'm absolutely here for the Pete Carroll at USC thing. I don't know if I can, that's a bridge too far for me, Johnny. Southern California does things to people. I still have this lingering resentment to Pete Carroll. Now, what are we like 10 years later, 15 years later? It's, I call him slippery Pete. Every time I see him on the sidelines uh, (laughs) in the national football league, I like throw something toward the television because I'm like Jim Trestle. Now, of course it's all happy ending for coach Trestle, who I love more than life itself but at the time i was like coach dressel had to settle for being like vice president of student happiness at a mac school when he should have been coaching somewhere in college or professional football and slippery pete gets out one step ahead of the sheriff and is in the nfl and right okay, i digress and have derailed your podcast see this is the kind of stuff urban meyer's got to talk about on his <laughs> podcast just follow just that trash. follow no, that he should, he should just trash every other college football coach that he's ever come in in contact with and just say how awful they are some guys out here saying like okay guys like you know er okay Coaches like, and you know who I hate. Everybody's like, God, I hate Pete Carroll. I'm just always burning hell. That would be amazing. That'd be incredible. I will subscribe on uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast platform of choice. And he starts every podcast talking about positivity and how he's here to like, you know, help people. And it's, it's, it's about the truth. And then he ends up just like crapping on as many people as possible. <laughs> the entirety of the podcast. That you know what, you know what I really want to see? What I really want to see is if Urban Meyer has an enemies list kind of on the order of <laughs> Sheldon Cooper. That's what I want. Like the, the list. Yeah, the Richard Nixon-esque enemies list uh, for Urban Meyer. You know what? I really don't think when you're Urban Meyer and you're as successful as you are, like, I don't know that you have an enemies list. I I really think Urban Meyer is the kind of guy who who really, in in all seriousness, I think that the ERO stuff works for him because he is super, super, like, tunnel vision when it comes to getting, you know, being successful, getting what he wants in terms of, like, you know, victories and things like that and getting the win in life and i think the reason why ero works so well for him and and, and tim kite they have such a good relationship is because that's his whole philosophy like i think that is truly his philosophy in life and if you're interested in that i think you should check out the podcast i don't 
I agree with you. I don't know what the shelf life is for something like that, but um, I think just the curiosity and, and seeing Urban Meyer kind of talk off the cuff is is going to be fun. So I'm kind of I'm curious. It'll be it'll be a good time to check that out. Uh, the second thing that I want to talk about that we <laughs> Ohio State got yet another commitment. Um, we are we are into July, so we don't have the big onslaught that I guess was June. But we're <laughs> Ryan Day is still nailing down commitments. This is not news. Uh, Mookie Cooper is now at Ohio State, which, by the way, I freaking love that name. That is an incredible, incredible football name. Um, Four-star receiver. Just, you know, he's, you know, I think originally listed as a running back, then an athlete, then a wide receiver. It doesn't matter. Four-star, uh, 11th wide receiver, I think, in the country. Now, what's the, uh, let me, what do we got here? It is four top 100 overall wide receivers um and eight top 100 commits overall so this is this is legit this is a really 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 good recruiting class and i gotta say something by the players that are being committed i think it's i think everybody knows at this point what a ryan day offense is probably gonna look like right like are, are we gonna is anybody out there upset or maybe still laboring under the idea that this could be a four yard or three yards in a cloud of dust offense do you think there's anybody who thinks we're going back to that like, do you um, think anybody's still laboring under that idea? I'm waiting for a commitment from a fullback. That's, that, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's coming, right? You, you know? gotta get a long snap. Hey, hey this back. is going to be the year. This is going to be the year we're going to throw to the tight end. I bet. <laughs> no, I, I just love our, our, our esteemed colleague, Colin Hass Hill, put it, put it into perspective on back to the twitter.com. Yeah. You know, Ohio state's got four, as you, as you pointed out, four wide receivers in this class in the top 100 the rest of the conference, the Big Ten, has five top 100 players at any position. The rest of the conference <laughs> has five top 100 players. Ohio State has four top 100 commitments in the wide receiver room. Goodness right. gracious. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty insane. And, you know, there was this quaint time where it was like, well, is Ryan Day going to be able to keep up that recruiting pace uh, that Urban Myers enjoyed well? <laughs> uh, man, the guys that he's got on the staff certainly are recruiting like their hair's on fire, to borrow a phrase. I just think, so what I would say in addition to that, which is uh, all that's true and, and correct, and, and that's awesome, because if you want to see Ohio State continue to be good, then this is this is what's going to allow that to continue. I, you know, as fans... I think a lot of times we want the team to reflect what it looked like when we were young, right? Like, oh, got a special guest in the Dubcast. That is, uh, that is Beast the Wonder Dog. Beast uh, the Wonder Dog is fantastic. I'm gonna write a, uh, a Air Bud esque um, <laughs> <laughs> post about Beast. Anyway, so I, I think we want the teams to reflect what they looked like when we were kids. And I grew up watching Eddie George. And I, I think one of my earliest Ohio State memories, like a game that stuck in my head, was his game against Illinois. We just ran over everybody and, and was amazing and all that. Um, that's not what Ohio State football is going to look like going forward at all. It's it's not going to be a lot of that. Now, I, I, the running back's obviously going to be an important part of the equation. Uh, but it's pretty obvious that Ryan Day wants to go towards a – more pro style, occasionally under center looking kind of offense. And I'm cool with that. I think that's amazing. I just, 
think people need to be prepared for the fact that this is going to be very, very different than what you saw under Urban Meyer and what you saw under Jim Trestle. I am super excited about that. I think that is that is going to be so much fun to watch a new evolution in Ohio State uh, offense. Yeah, and I like the way you, you phrase that evolution too because I think about, you know, change evolutionary versus revolutionary. Like you go from Jim Trestle to Urban Meyer and, and in some ways it felt revolutionary because we weren't used to 50 and 60 point games on a regular basis <laughs> you know we unless we, it was against northwestern right like that right <laughs> when we one you know we Jim Trestle hated so much that he would put up 50 but everybody <laughs> else was like you know, just have spite. <laughs> and and so it was like you know but at the same time i mean the 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 DNA, you know, if you will, the team, I mean, there's still a lot of commonalities that both God knows both of them love, you know, special teams and believe it, right. you know, good, solid, you know, uh, fundamentals and so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager to, to see like, what, what are the pieces of what we saw last year that, that stay versus, you know, when, when, uh, Ryan day now has full control of the, uh, of the whole shop. And I think maybe the part of it that I'm really interested in is to see is, is the defense, uh, the new look defense we'll have this year able to kind of kind of get their stuff together. Um, I I don't think I have any qualms at all about the offensive side of the ball, but man, I'm I'm kind of jonesing for something more on defense than 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 what we saw last go round. I don't know. Well, you know, we we talked uh, ad nauseum about how much we like Halfley, and, and he's you know really smart guy, really great. Yeah. Really, you got to wait until you see the games because that was, I mean, that's the Achilles heel and that's really what's been um, hurting them the past couple seasons. I mean, you, you know, people refer to the blowout losses. You, you know, you talk about Iowa and Purdue and that's fine. I think what people were surprised about in those games, at least initially, was the fact that Ohio State just didn't seem to be in a rhythm. You know, they weren't kind of put in, but, the, but the, honestly, Ohio State could have lost to Maryland last season. Mm-hmm. They very, very nearly did. Absolutely. And that's on the defense. That was not on the offense. That was a defensive problem. Mm-hmm. And it was it's a continuing issue. Um, the players are there. The talent is there. You've got to have a coherent um, system and plan, and that just didn't seem to be in place. And people, you know, great shout out. People talk that dude up, and he's this great defensive genius and blah, blah, blah. And that, that's all that's – True. I mean, he's he's a great defensive coach, but just something clearly wasn't working and right. hasn't been working. So there's obviously going to be a lot of change on that side of the ball. And and really, that's I, I think that's going to what be what defines Ryan Day as a head coach. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be a lot of concern about what happens the offensive side of the ball. They're still going to score a lot of points. I'm yeah. not really worried about that. The players that bring in, the players that already have, you know, who a lot of whom stayed from last season when they probably could have gone to the pros and didn't, are mm-hmm. going to help out enormously. Uh, but the difference between a really good coach and a great coach, and I think the difference between Ohio State fans' expectations and what may actually happen are how well the defense performs. Because if the defense doesn't perform very well, I think Ohio State fans will hold Ryan Day to a higher standard than maybe uh, they would normally. Right. Because I, I, they, I think they want dominance. And if they don't see complete dominance from the get go, they're going to think of all the great things about Urban Meyer, not necessarily, you know, beating Maryland by like one or two points and over time. So I don't know. It, it's, it's really interesting because we're starting to see this team take shape, but we still don't know exactly how they're going to play once they hit the field. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it's July, man. I'm losing it. 
<laughs> yeah, I need to see football. I need to actually see it instead of just you know putting out suppositions. And we're so. not, you know, it's it's. In, I mean, it's crazy to think we're 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 not that far away. Yeah, but we are. Mm. Like, you know, yeah, it's like what seven, eight weeks ish. Too many. It's too many. I'm losing it. That. Hey, don't don't wish your summer away, man. It'll be That's here. That's true. That's true. You know, and I'm a high school teacher. I got, I got <laughs> yeah, come on. You have all be, you have to go back to work soon. Yeah. That's right. I got <laughs> students students report uh the 18th. So yeah. about a month. All right. Uh last one, last brief thing that I want to talk about here before we get to ask us anything. Uh I want to talk a little bit about the World Cup that just happened, the US women's national team. They won World Cup. It's awesome. I'm super pumped, and I promise this will relate back to college football. Uh, they played at 10-ish a.m. on a Sunday, 10, 11 a.m. on a Sunday, around thereabouts. Uh, they drew uh, a little bit less, I think, than last World Cup final. That's the last World Cup final. It was in prime time, uh, a lot more accessible to viewers. This one, uh, of course, took, you know, took place in France. Um, but similar, similar viewership numbers. And one of the big narratives going along with the World Cup was the fact that the women um, for the U.S. women's uh, national team wanted equal pay for the men. And and their claim for that, which I 100% agree with, is that their revenues overall match the men's revenues, right? And their viewership numbers are similar. And I just think it's very interesting on a day where they win the World Cup, the United States uh, men's team plays Mexico in a Gold Cup final looks like complete butt. I mean, I really hope no one listening to this actually watched that game because they looked terrible. Josie Altidore uh, had numerous chances right in front of the goal, borked all of them. Um, God, he's such an idiot. Uh, but the, the comparison that I want to draw here, which I think is really interesting. So I believe that the U.S. Uh, women's national team has a very credible case for equal pay. They, their revenues are actually higher than the men's. They get better viewership numbers. Uh, and a lot of times they get better attendance at their games. The highest rated college football game in uh, 2018, highest rated regular season game in 2018 was, well, take a guess, Andy, what do you think? What do you think the highest rated non-championships and like Big Ten SEC championship doesn't count, no bowls, no playoffs. What do you think the highest rated game was? Highest rated game last season? Yeah. Uh, let's like see. between who and who? Ohio State, Michigan. It was Ohio State, Michigan, right? And it, and again, Michigan obviously has not done well in the rivalry no. recently. That's that's putting no. it mildly. But no. Ohio State, Michigan still moves the needle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it got a seven and a half share and about thirteen million viewers. That's pretty good. That's a pretty hashtag pretty not bad. Thing. Yeah. Hashtag not bad. And the NFL. All right. The highest uh, regular season game, the highest rated regular season game, was between. Uh, the Cowboys over the Redskins, Week Twelve. Which yeah. would that be Thanksgiving? Yeah, it about had to have been. I would think. And then what they yeah. and then when they always play that game. Yeah, I think that was Thanksgiving. So that got thirty million viewers. Okay, mm-hmm. but if you look at it, all right. So that the other one, Bears and Lions. That yeah, that was Thanksgiving. Uh, that got twenty six point six. Week fourteen, Cowboys over Eagles, twenty five point two. Week fifteen, Steelers over Patriots, twenty four point six. Saints over Steelers, uh, week 16, 24 million. My point to all this is that the wage discrepancy between men and women and the U.S. national team and and 
soccer is silly because women make a clear amount more, you know, yeah. than men, right? The, the revenues are better. That's that's an obvious, easy thing to, to handle. Where I want to get your opinion on this, Andy, is do you think part of the reason why people um, are skeptical about paying players in college football is because like we kind of are in this bubble where college football is like the biggest, most important thing. But do you think in general, is it because the NFL is that much more popular than college football that people don't think that the product is worth paying the players? So in other words, college football, the disparity between that and the NFL is so great that people feel like it's not worth it to make up that. Like people don't see the revenues. People don't see the fact that Ohio State – uh, athletic department made 185 million dollars in the last like fiscal year that they report. People don't see that, but they do know that they watch the NFL more than they watch college football. And what my theory is is that part of the reason why there isn't as much support for paying college players is because the NFL is that much more popular. What I think that's you? part. I think that's part of it. I think I think you. I'm I'm on board with that hypothesis. I think part of it too is your allegiance to any one NFL team, you know, you're, you're more likely um, because there are fewer teams, right? There are a, right. a larger number of people in theory who are backing any individual club versus at the college level, right? So D one football, how many D one teams are there? Quite a few more than there are NFL teams. Even if we broke it down, just the power five, we still are looking at more, more teams. So I think, you know, I've heard it said different times, college football is a regional sport, even, you know, even today when the world is, is flat through media and, and the internet and so on. Right. So we're super enthused about Ohio State and Ohio State's the biggest brand on the planet and so on. But, uh, you know, am I likely to tune in to watch, you know, the average Pac-12 game, uh, you know, after midnight or whatever? No, not so much because it's bad football and I have no... <laughs> You know, I have no rooting interest, so to speak. NFL is a little different, I suppose, because you're looking at the playoff implications. I think fantasies played part of it, right? So it's people huge. are super engaged in in fantasy football. So you're you're willing to watch whatever the random um, game of the week is that you otherwise maybe wouldn't watch because you want to see how your particular players perform and so on. Right. So I think that's I think that's all part of it. But I, I just think college football is the the number of players and the number of teams. It's it's much more diffuse than when you're saying, man, I really want my team. So like uh, we, our house, we're, we're big Steelers fans, right? So we, the Steelers trials and tribulations with the killer bees this past season were well covered and documented. As a Steelers fan, you're much more likely to have very strong opinions about either the GM should or shouldn't pay whatever it was that, uh, you know, Bell or Brown or whomever it might be wanted to be to be the, the the max contract kind of guy yeah on the college side of things like uh you know i i really don't care if uh <laughs> right. you know player number 85 on a given fbs team gets paid or not i, yeah, I think that's I, all i mean i think it's all part of the puzzle yeah and I, I i agree with you i think the depth of what people get into with the nfl is is also a big part of that it, it, to me it's just I mean, this is an issue that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and I think it's important because I think at some point they need to have some means to compensate players for yeah. what they're doing, either allowing them to profit off of their own likenesses or, you know, some kind of, you know, revenue sharing thing. I don't know, whatever you want to talk about. But my point is, is that 
it's odd to me that it's odd to me that there isn't more popular support for paying players. And I understand from college football fans why that is. I mean, you don't want to change the situation necessarily. And you can see, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. I'm not saying like, you know, it's an impeachable or unimpeachable position. And there are definitely things that people can say against doing that. But what I'm saying is, is that among the general public, it doesn't just see, it just doesn't seem to move the needle. Like, you know, obviously World Cup is, is a bigger issue, I think, you know, yeah. for most people overall, because you've got a national team attached to it and things like that. But it's just interesting to me how these two issues are somewhat related, yet one, I think, enjoys a lot more popular support than the other. And I guess one of the reasons why is that maybe college football just isn't as, as you know, exciting for the average casual fan than it is for people maybe who are listening to this podcast going on warriors.com things like that so yeah and some of it too you know i i think people in general you know we like the status quo whatever it is yeah you know and and so with college football like there's a nostalgia factor so i don't i don't watch nba basketball and and some of that's just because i don't have all that much time and it falls down behind other sports on my but part of like i can't I can't get myself worked up in a lather about all the NBA trade stuff. You know, this is that time soon we've been talking about NBA trade and who's going here, where, and so on and so forth. Like the whole, you know, Warriors mega team of death over the past (laughs) how many or a few seasons. And well, you know, we already have the best team uh, in the league, but let's go ahead and buy a few more guys. Why not? And, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Like, uh, you know, I'm just not all about it. I I love LeBron. I grew up watching the Lakers, so I'm kind of, you know, hopeful that maybe they'll be cool again. Uh, But by and large, I just can't. It's all about the individual player being a star. It's not about a team that I can get behind and root for like the Lakers of old, like you rooted for the Lakers. You love the individual players, but you know, they were Lakers. Like it was cool. And now it's like, um, I might like LeBron James, but if he was playing for the Milwaukee bucks, would I suddenly be like, Oh, I'm now a bucks fan. Eh, Probably yeah, not. I'm a LeBron James fan or I'm a Kevin Durant fan. Yeah, right. And like, that's that's cool. That's okay. But I, I don't get jacked up about that the way I do about Ohio State. I love Ohio right. State football. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Ohio State. And because the players play at Ohio State, I am also then fans of those individual players. And maybe I will become long-term fans of them and follow them on into the NFL. But at the point they come to Columbus, Ohio, I'm a fan of those individual players because they're wearing a scarlet and gray jersey. And I think yeah. that, I think that's part of the puzzle too. Yeah, that definitely changes the dynamic a lot. And, you know, it's, you know, because for me, I'm a casual NFL fan. I'm ostensibly a a fan of the Bengals. And I always say it's like, you know, I use the the most Islak quote, which is like, I'm a well-wisher and that I don't wish them any specific harm pretty much. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's great. uh, You know, it's something I grew up with, but it's not something I'm happy about. I was but, born into this life. I didn't choose yeah, it. That's correct. You know, and, with, and I always say this, and this is, you know, a kind of a tangent, but Browns fans are like the eternal optimist. You know, every year is, you know, their year. And maybe this year that is actually the case. Right. But I just, I love, I love how optimistic Browns fans get at every NFL draft year. Because they're like, this is it, guys. We're going to get these dudes. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then when it's not, it's like, oh, like, you know, it's like a baby puppy with like two legs. And it's just kind of like, you know. <laughs> trying to swim but it can't really do it you know but like uh with Bengals fans it's you know 
it's just dire. <laughs> everything yeah. is just everything's just dire. It's like reading Angela's Ashes or something. Like you just can't. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. There's nothing really fun about being a Bengals fan. It's just kind of mm. like eating gravel and you know shaking your fist at the sky. Sad Bengals fans. Yeah. So anyway, kind of, the, kind of the the Eeyore syndrome. That's right. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's an interesting tangent. I it will pop up again. I am curious to see if other teams, other college teams, attempt to make some moves if, if you see something like what Northwestern did and then try to unionize and do some yeah. other stuff. But I don't know. You'll never, you, you never know until it pops up. Some of those things just well, come out of nowhere. And, and so yeah, we'll I think it's one of those things that something at some point will, will happen, right? Like it seems like there's enough There'll popular. Be a be a yeah. Yeah. And, and people are, there are enough people who think something has to change, you know, and, and I think there are enough interim potential steps whether it's you know creating a some some sort of stipend program like uh, you know for for grad uh, teaching or research type assistant you know there there is some sort of stipend involved or right. or maybe there's an interim step along the lines of the Olympic model that you know you, you moving toward I mean the no brainer is the profiting off your own likeness kind of thing you know that's yeah. the that seems like the logical interim step but of course I mean you you know there's a Pandora's box there and that that's the thing I think when people get really worked up about like geez why don't they figure this out it's it's the once you once the genie's out of the bottle concept you know once you've opened right. pandora's box and hey you know what we didn't think about whatever slippery booster maneuver that you know somebody down in uh, florida or the sec country might be contemplating you know we didn't think about that well you, know, you got to make sure you've covered all those bases before you before you rip off the band-aid of amateurism i gotta tell you something though there's there's a guy here in the Midwest, he's got about six months to figure this out because on January 1st, when he becomes the new Big Ten commissioner, that's right probably going to be item one on his – well, actually, item two on his agenda. Item one is going to be television contracts. Item yeah, one's right. going to be how do I respond to this issue because that's going to be big. Um, all right, so, guys, remember, if you guys want to help support the uh, the Dubcast and, of course, the website, you guys can check us out. Go to drygoods.11warriors.com. We got some great stuff. We got the uh, Ohio's Moon shirts back in stock. It's amazing, I love that. amazing shirt. So, it's yeah, check that stuff out. Uh, new cool stuff, uh, regular intervals. So, check it out. Get your stuff for the summer. It's a good time. Um, let's do Ask Us Anything, my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Literally anything. Yay. Um, send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Let's start with this very simple question from Tim. Tim wants to know if Gordon Gee was still president of Ohio State during the Zach Smith issue last summer, would Urban Myers still be the head coach of the Buckeyes today? Well, I mean, I think you got to say, up, right? I think you got to say no, just because I mean, we, we've sort of seen. Uh, you know, the 1.0 version of that with, with uh, Gordon Gee and, and Jim Tressel. Right? right. So I, and I have to say the only, the only man like uh, of Ohio state celebrities that I love more than Jim Tressel is Gordon Gee. So I will, I will put on my bow tie and be an unabashed Homer for, for, uh, <laughs> or, or I guess Stan, is that what we say now? I, I will stand yeah. for Gordon Gee all day long. It. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would have played out any differently. Yeah. Quick story about Gordon Gee. Um, my sister did attend Vanderbilt for those who doubt that apparently. Nice. 
because we got some we had some doubters in the uh, in a comment section. I think I, I mentioned really? that. Somebody yeah, doubted I, that. I don't know what they're doubting. I, okay. She's a very smart individual. She don't don't be hating people. commenters. Don't be hating. She got she got a she got a free ride to Vanderbilt. Wow. She had excellent nice. grades, excellent test scores. She earned that. Um, anyway, so she went to she went to Vanderbilt. Gordon Gee at the time was the president of Vanderbilt. She went to a couple of events, met Gordon Gee, talked with him for like five minutes, whatever. Also, fun fact about John Ginger, I have a master's degree. And so when I got my master's degree from Ohio State, guess who was shaking the hands of the people who were getting masters? Gordon yeah. Gee, because at the time he was the president. I shook his hand, I said, Hey, my sister says hi. I said her name. I said, you know, my sister says hi. And Gordon Gee's like, oh, how's she doing? And like, what, and while we're waiting in line, there's literally like hundreds of people behind me trying to get these degrees. And he holds me, he holds me up. And for like a half minute, he's just like, oh, is she still doing this? Is she still playing the piano? So Gordon Gee is just, what I'm saying is the, the time interval between those two interactions had to have been something like four years. Yeah. So he is just an incredibly like he's he's a political person and i mean that in the best way that he he never forgets a face he remembers people he's he's effusive he's interesting um he's just perfectly suited for the role that he was in and also uniquely imperfectly suited for handling uh i think the jim trust yeah. issue. he tried to be funny he tried to be personal that's not what the ncaa wanted now of yep. course in retrospect the whole thing was stupid and dumb and, and yes. ridiculous uh, but I agree with you. I, going through that, had he remained uh, president of Ohio State, I don't see any way that it plays out that much differently because of, of the heat that he took during the Trestle thing and, and yeah. the fact that he tried to mitigate it by, you know, kind of making jokes a little bit. And that's not – you can't roll that way. So had he but, stayed president, I agree with you, man. It's, it would have played out probably pretty much the same way. So two two things about – Gordon Gee, uh, and we could just do a podcast on Gordon because I love him that much. But so the the story that you told uh, about graduation, so I had a similar experience. I, I went back to Ohio State to finish my degree uh, as as a, a an adult learner, I guess maybe we would say. I was a I was a few years past my Absolutely original. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, I was on the I was on the ten year track, ten ten year track. I but I took a you know about a seven year break in between years two and three, and. So it's funny, you know, I've, I've been involved in media my, my entire career. And so we had met um, through through a, a, an old radio job I had and, and um, so on. And Dr. Gee knew I was going back to school. And so, of course, I, I walk across stage then, uh, you know, 30-year-old undergraduate, and he hands me my diploma. And he says, well, it's about damn time. <laughs> and I said, I said yeah, yes, Dr. Gee, it is, indeed it is. Uh, and and you're, you're absolutely right about, you know, his one of the the things that's the most endearing about him and makes him an absolute sensation as an after dinner speaker, you know, he gets up and gives these comments. He's genuinely one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. And a lot of his humor is this sort of self-deprecating humor. He, he makes right. wonderful jokes about himself. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of poke fun at the institution. You know, he, he would be a really good satirist, I think, in a lot of ways, because he's just really witty and insightful and mm -hmm. one of the most intelligent human beings I think the good Lord ever created. But his particular brand of humor is this sort of off the cuff, you know, and he can just make, you know pop off a one liner. And in the room, as, as I like to say, you know, when he's on stage in the room, if you're in the audience, you think it's the funniest thing you've ever heard of. But if you read the transcript back the next day or two days later, you know, and, and then it gets magnified on the social media and so on and so forth, 
then you're like, oh, I can't believe the president of Ohio State would say, you know, and you go back to his his Notre Dame comments and poking fun at the at the, the holy terrors and so on. Like that's it's one of those things that if you were in the room at the time, you thought it was the funniest man you'd ever heard, and you read it in the news two days later, and you're like, oh my gosh, and clutch your pearls. Right. So well, it's, and, a, it's know, a tough to it's fair, a tough thing. Everybody's in that room, and so as a president, you kind of have to understand that. Yeah, and that's it. What made him, and that's what made him made him such an incredibly effective fundraiser, is that he he is soliciting money from the people in the, that room and he's very yes. personal and, and people like being around him and, and donating money to Ohio State because of that uh but again when you're dealing with a, a problem a scandal with a you know a head coach of a football team then it's, it's a little different and yep. it's just interesting to me so uh next question here we got from Suncard we're actually going to hold on that that's that's for Bo uh but we <laughs> do have a really great question from Alvin and he simply wants to know I may modify this, but he wants to know, Andy, what what are the best barbecue foods since we just had the 4th of July here? I got into a really um, interesting Twitter discussion the other day about uh, so a, a trade economist I like to follow on, on Twitter. And I know trade economics and um, college sports, you know, intersect frequently, but uh, was, was, this was talking about. Yeah, it is. And uh, this guy was talking about. You know, he'd gotten an argument with his butcher about, you know, he's going to smoke and, and do kind of a pulled pork number uh, mm-hmm. with picnic shoulder versus a Boston butt. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the difference between a picnic and a Boston butt, it's, they're both cuts from the shoulder. You know, one is kind of the bottom half, the, the what we call the shank, you know, my sort of the forearm um, right. um, or the upper arm, rather, of the hog. And then, you know, the other is more of the top half of the shoulder. It's just a break there in between, but they're both pieces of shoulder. Uh, and both are perfectly fine. One of the great things about pulled pork is that, you know, once you, once you smoke it for a long time and shred it and put in your favorite blend of seasonings or sauce or whichever, you know, you happen to prefer, uh, it's going to be magical anyway. Pig meat right. in all its forms is a delight and a, and a joy to behold. So best food to barbecue, you know, your mileage may vary. Pick, pick what you like. Uh, I think, different places that I go and different things that people do. Um, some places and people just seem to find a particular cut and uh, a combination of, of either spices or sauce that, you know, really make magic, but then maybe they don't do other things as well. So like, I love brisket. I'm a beef guy by background, but there are places I go where I don't care for their brisket. You know, I think yeah. generally speaking, pork is a bit more forgiving, particular, you know, like a Boston, butt. I, I love to take a Boston, butt and, um, realize that's going to sound great in the transcript later take a boston (laughs) butt and and just you know smoke it for a long long time um i tend to use sauce you know you when i'm smoking i'll typically just use salt and pepper um and not really rub with anything else just salt and pepper and then i will use a sauce afterward and i won't lie i'm i'm not going to make my own sauce in this day and age i really like city barbecues stock original barbecue sauce uh and i'm perfectly happy to use their particular uh, recipe and not reinvent the wheel when it comes to saucing, but the actual shoulder itself. Um, and, and you can pick the wood you like. I don't, I don't get super um, jacked up about uh, uh, one wood or another uh, and just smoke it all day long and go to town. There you go. I, I will say pulled pork is usually my go-to whenever I'm, you know, going to a new barbecue place or something like that. Yeah. Pulled pork is usually, cause it's, it's a safe bet. And, and honestly, I, I am not, I will say, in my opinion, I, I've had a lot of barbecue. I wouldn't say like I'm a connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I like to try different, you know, places and different types. Yeah. Of things like that. Uh, I think that brisket is probably one of the most overrated 
dishes in barbecue. I do not like brisket. I have never, I've, I've had good brisket. I've had brisket. We're like, okay, all right. But it's yep. to me, it's just, it's not, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it the way I enjoy a good, you know, rack of ribs or pulled pork or any, you know, even like a broth. Like if you're grilling out a broth, like for barbecue, like I just, you know, I don't know. It's brisket is just not my thing, but pulled pork is 100% my go-to. I, I've never really had truly bad pulled pork. It's either just good, which or just fine, which is always great, or it's like amazing, and it's one of my favorite things. Ever. So I'm yeah, and I think you hit on something really important too when you you talk about going and trying pulled pork. That's uh, a pretty safe bet. So that's where I go back to and say pork's really forgiving. That you yeah. know, in, I, I'm not going to say any idiot can do it, but you know, if you're doing it for the first time, or maybe you don't consider yourself a connoisseur. Yeah, pulled pork's pretty hard to screw up. Yeah, you can do it, um, for sure. But sauces, that's also one of the reasons I like saucing. Um, I do like a, a good rub and a good dry rub barbecue can be great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the great thing about sauce, as especially as a host, or if you're hosting a backyard barbecue for a group of friends and you want to you want to put your best foot forward, hey, you know what? Sauce covers up a multitude of ills, particularly if it's a good sauce. Uh, but you shouldn't have too much trouble, particularly if you're using a cut like a Boston. But um, yeah. you can you can get uh, give yourself a lot of headroom there in terms of coming out with a nice, moist, juicy product when it's when it's all said and done. You're thinking about the brisket too. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've been some barbecue joints and I've been to a lot of barbecue joints in a lot of different parts of the country. I've had some really fantastic brisket. I've also had some really terrible brisket. And a lot yeah. of times I think, you know, a good uh, corned beef and cabbage is a great way to use that that cut of meat that I might <laughs> enjoy even more than barbecuing. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of funny to say, but you're talking, you know, similar cuts of the cow, uh, uh, you know, just different preparations. My wife uh, does a thing when we go to an Italian restaurant for the first time, she always gets chicken parm. That's sort of her gold standard that if this right. place can do chicken parm, uh, then then I sort of have a baseline for how they can do anything else. I think your thing about pulled pork kind of fits that. You go into a joint and you try the pulled pork and you say, okay, now I have a baseline for how this particular house of barbecue works their craft. That's pretty yeah. smart. Well, my favorite barbecue really is, is, is haggis, but that's just, that's just me. Um, hey. This is, way so take, I want to ask you. Way to rock it old asked, school there, Scotsman. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been asked this question before, and this will be the last question. This is from Dan, uh, but I want to get your feedback on this so dan asks us what is the coolest piece of ohio state memorabilia you own i have archie griffin uh, i have an archie griffin signed hat that he got at the 2005 alamo bowl uh and then one day he wore it in the rain and his signature disappeared why would you wear it in the rain yeah if archie that that seems like a big mistake dan i'm yeah. sorry i will say this real quick i'll, I'll give you mine and then i want to hear yours um and the reason why I remember this because I was actually just going through some random files and stuff, and I forgot that I had put them away. I still have my student ticket from the 2006 game between Ohio State and Michigan. It's in very wow. good condition. Um, it's you know it's not like torn off or anything like that. It's in really good condition. I have a signed so Middletown um, does this thing. I don't know if they still do it, but they did this thing called the Pigskin Round Ball, which essentially they, it's a charity raising event for scholarships. Um, for student athletes at Middleton High School, which I didn't go to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, but they invite a they invite football coaches and basketball coaches to come and just basically talk about their experiences and whatnot. I have a signed program uh, with Abe Lemons, Earl Bruce, 
uh, Sonny Gordon, I think somebody else, I can't remember who, but I thought that was kind of interesting. That was when I was yeah. six, I got that sign. Um, I couldn't tell Earl Bruce and Abe Lemons apart because I was a little kid. <laughs> and so I went up to, I was like, oh crap, I want to get both of their signatures and I couldn't remember whose I had gotten. So I went up to Earl Bruce twice. Uh, and he's, like, yeah. he's like, I already did it. Um, uh, and I have, I did the second, uh, my dad did the audiovisual stuff for that for many years. And I went to one with Jim Trestle. So I have Jim Trestle's autograph on one of those programs as well. So that's, I would say those are my favorite pieces of memorabilia. I think those are pretty legit. Yeah. I've got, uh, in, in my old office, I used, I used to, in my radio days, um, I had a lot more memorabilia and I, and I parted ways with a good bit of it, but the, the ones that I, that I've kept, um, I've got an Archie Griffin football because you know I think Archie is kind of the 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 prototype for you know what a what a Buckeye football player should should be like and just one of the genuinely nicest human beings I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. I got a Chris Spielman, yeah. yeah I, I got a, I got a Chris Spielman football. Um, kind of I, I think maybe for similar reasons in that I just loved watching him play the game and I've never I've never had the pleasure of meeting. Spielman, but um, I just find him to be a really interesting person. Uh, and, and so I was like, okay, I have an offensive side of the ball player. I should have a defensive side of the ball player. Um, and then this is, this is not a football memorabilia piece, but I, um, my first season covering the wrestling team for 11 Warriors was Kyle Snyder's senior oh, campaign. And, you know, as a journalist, I, I would never ask a player to autograph something. I think that's, I think that's really bad form as a journalist, but I really sure. wanted something from, cause it was my first season covering the team and, and it was Kyle's season. So when he launched his shoe line with the Rudis, I, I set up that night and like waited for the on sale online to buy one of the first hundred pairs or whatnot of his shoes nice. because I didn't feel at all bad about buying a pair of autographed shoes <laughs> that did not violate <laughs> my sense of journalistic yeah. propriety. You know, sure. it's like everybody could buy one. I didn't have to have any special access to acquire them. So I've got uh, here next to my Archie football and my Spielman football, a pair of Kyle Snyder shoes that are, that that's are awesome. Awesome. I think are really cool. So, yeah, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. Uh, so yeah, let's ask us anything. Please continue sending those in. Those are great questions. Uh, we can probably do an entire podcast on barbecue, and, and maybe we will. And, and by the way, Jazz and Ribs Fest here in Columbus is coming up, and that is uh, always a hell of an event. I, I enjoy that. Highly one. recommend that. Absolutely. Yeah. In yeah. fact, let's. Uh, you know, what we should do. We should do like a special live edition of the uh, <laughs> podcast somewhere from the. Yeah. This uh, maybe me, you, and Bo can just eat ribs for like a 40 minute cast. It'll be great. Yeah. We can just rotate, have one guy standing in line and then that'll be like 40 minutes of it. And then another yes, person yes, it really will be <laughs> another person. We, yeah. We just send people out of line. That'd be perfect. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming and filling in and, and doing such a great job. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great talking to you this week, man. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. I love it. Yep. And for the rest of you guys, we will talk to you next week. Have a great rest of your seven days.